Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. standing just a moment longer we'll get right into the word of the Lord here today thank you for being with us here at Connection Point Church amen we're going to jump into the scripture amen we're going to take a look at the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 verses 3 through 4 thank you to our musicians amen our singers our helpers our sound men our media amen our security staff children's church directors. Amen. Thank you for everybody. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord, 2 Corinthians. I want to just share something with you as I was praying, just felt the Lord put into my heart to to share with the church today, just something that's been riling me up in the spirit. Amen. So I'm going to just share what's on my mind today, if that's okay. I'll just preach it out into into the ethos, into the ether. Amen. We're just going to preach it out. You just, you just, just come along for the ride. Amen. Second Corinthians 11, 11 verses three through four. But I fear, Paul says, I fear, I'm afraid. Amen. I'm afraid. As the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, that your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and a pure devotion to Christ. Paul was, Paul was afraid. He said that just as Eve was deceived, that you too also, it's possible that your thoughts would be led astray from a sincere worship of Christ. For if someone has come and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, amen, he won't call himself Jesus. He might call himself something else. Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you've received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one for which you've accepted, you put it you put up with it readily enough. In other words, he said, I'm afraid that you would just accept something other than the real thing. And it's not even so much about, it's not even so much about buying in and believing, but it's sometimes about acceptance, tolerance, not having so much of a problem with it. Well, there's false doctrine, there's false theology, there's bad ideas, and I know that's not something I agree with, but I'm willing to accept it. Paul says, I'm worried, I'm afraid. And so I want to just preach for just a couple minutes on a thought, and uh, I won't be long, but I want to just get it into your thoughts and just have you consider, amen? I want to preach just simply on this subject that not every bird, not every bird should get a nest, amen? Not every bird deserves a nest. Amen? Amen. Someone touch your head right now. Touch your head. See if there's a nest up there. Is there a nest up there? All right. If you got a nest, you got a problem, but you better not let a bird in that nest. Amen. Because not every bird deserves a nest. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I pray you just let what you put in my heart be, God, just part of part of the conviction of the church, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, in the name of the Lord, God, I pray that you would just help us to have discernment in this last days. I pray that you would 
Give us wisdom and guidance and grace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Not every bird deserves a nest. You know, there was an old saying that I've shared with this church before. I, I repeat it today, but there's an old saying that I think bears some truth here this morning, and that was that, you know, you can't control you can't control what bird flies over your head. Amen. You can't control the birds that fly over your head. It's true. Lately, I've been spending some time out on my back porch. Uh, we just finished it last summer, and just I enjoy just going out and sitting there drinking coffee. And I began just really turn the corner. I'm an old guy now. Just watching the birds. Just paying attention to the different types of birds. We've got all sorts of birds out there. I'm not going to bore you with that today. Amen. But, but you can't always control what the birds are that are flying overhead. But, but the saying is that you sure can't control which ones build a nest in your hair. Anyone ever heard that? Amen. You might not control every idea. You might not control everything that happens. You might not be able to control every ideology, every philosophy, every, every spirit that is at work in this world today. But what you can control is which one of those ideas and spirits and philosophies take root in your mind? Come on, and in your heart and in your spirit. Amen. And so that was really what Paul was getting at here in this passage in 2 Corinthians that I've read. It's a passage where Paul in the second letter is writing to this church in Corinth. And by the time Paul is transcribing the words of this epistle, he has developed a long-standing relationship with this congregation in Corinth. He has pastored them, he has mentored them, and he has spoken words of faith and hope into their life. He started the church, and now he has a relationship with this congregation, and he has earned a credibility with this group, with this church. And so by now, Paul has developed a deep connection with those who are reading this letter, the second letter to the Corinthians. In fact, in the previous verses that we didn't take the time to read this morning, Paul makes the statement that I have a jealousy over you. I've got a godly jealousy over you, meaning that I have a special place in my heart for you, and I care deeply about your well-being. I care about your spiritual condition, and I care about the condition of your soul. And he says, and as such, I feel a sense of duty and obligation as your pastor, as your apostle, and your spiritual leader to protect you and to look out for you. And so in verse 3, Paul becomes very transparent about the concerns that he has for this church in Corinth. And he says, I know some things. I've learned some things in my travels and in my ministry and in my spiritual battle. God's given me some revelation and some insight. And what I have learned is how cunning the enemy of our soul can be. Because he was capable of deceiving our mother Eve back in the garden all those years ago. But I know that he's also still capable of deceiving us today. And so you, church of Corinth, as a body and as a congregation, I don't ever want you to be deceived also. So it's here in this passage that I've read that Paul is explaining that there are some people out there who are being used by the enemy to spread false teaching, false preaching, false messages that are contrary to the Word of God and who ultimately preach a different gospel. In fact, Paul tells us in verse 4 that there are some who may come to you in a different spirit even than the Holy Spirit. Perhaps they come in a critical spirit. 
perhaps even a divisive spirit, or even perhaps a vile or an unclean spirit. But nevertheless, they're not coming to you in the Spirit of God. And so they are preaching a different gospel. They are false teachers, and their spirit isn't right. Their ideas aren't right. They don't line up with God's Word. And so Paul's whole purpose in writing this portion of this letter is to express his concern and to warn the church to be careful. Don't be deceived. Don't receive just anyone that comes to you unless you might receive their doctrine along with it. Don't receive just any old message that comes along to you. You you might actually receive their spirit along with it. Don't buy everything that you hear, Corinth. Don't just believe everything that you're told. Don't agree with everything that you read because just like she just like he was back in the garden of Eden, our enemy is very subtle. I recall to my memory the words of the apostle John who says in 1 John chapter 4, he says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit." But what does he say? Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because there are many false prophets, preachers, pastors, church planters that are gone out into the world. In other words, I want to tell you here something. He says, don't just believe the news, the information, and all the messaging. Even though at first it may seem credible, it may seem reasonable, it may even seem helpful at face value, it might, it may, might even make sense in the, in the moment that it's being presented to you, but all of that messaging comes with a spirit behind it. Come on. And part of the way you test the spiritual credibility and validity of a message, news, or information is to consider the spiritual effect that it has on you. I'll give you some discernment this morning. You got to take the news, the information, the opportunity, the messaging, the gospel, the narrative, whatever is being shared with you, and you've got to, you've got to make sure that you're checking how it's affecting your spirit. How's that news affecting your emotions? Is it leaving you feeling encouraged and edified in your faith? Is it, is it leaving you feeling uplifted and closer to Jesus? Or does it make you feel and think thoughts of resentment and discontentment about the gospel? Does it draw you closer to the will of God for your life, or does it somehow make you feel further and more distant? And just like Eve in that garden, as she engaged in what seemed like a reasonable and even helpful dialogue at face value with that serpent, that serpent left her with a spirit of discontentment in the will of God. That serpent shared something with her that at face value was enticing and seemed good and helpful and seemed like it made sense. But what she didn't realize is like any serpent, that serpent bit into her and left behind a spirit that took its effect and ultimately attached itself and began to leave a lethal effect upon her spiritual condition. I want to tell you here today, it's Paul that is repeating a very similar message to the Corinthian church when he says, be careful what you receive, be careful who you receive, be careful what you accept. I don't want you to just accept anything and everything that comes to you. I, I don't want you just to accept anything and everything that's delivered to your doorstep. Not everything that is handed to you is from God. Not everything that shows up in your timeline is inspired by the Holy Spirit. You've got to be careful what birds you're allowing to nest in your head. Amen? I've shared this illustration, but I think it's 
I think it's a good illustration. <clears throat> there, is a, uh, there is a scam that is taking place. And it involves Amazon and USPS and the Postal Service. And it is a, it's a scam called brushing, all right? Brushing. Steve, if you can pull that article up. I don't know if, has anyone ever heard of this, this, this strategy called brushing where what happens is, is in order for a company that is trying to compete with other online vendors and distributors in order to, uh, to, um, uh, to fake their credibility as a company, what they do is they try to hijack uh, verified, um, verified reviews, and they try to build up their reviews. And so what they do is they begin sending packages to people, just random addresses, random neighborhoods, random individuals, and they will place an order through their account from this individual that they don't even know what's going on. They just picked a name and an address as a gift and they will purchase it and they will gift it to somebody at, a, at just a random address. And once that package has been delivered, they will use that as an opportunity to, to make a review on Amazon. They'll give a five-star review. And so if they're selling microwaves, what they'll do is they'll, they, will, they will say that this person bought a microwave from our company on Amazon. We shipped it to them. And instead of sending an actual, instead of sending an actual microwave, they might send uh, just a, a squirt gun. Or a uh, or a refrigerator magnet, or a uh, what are those uh, what are those big old blankets that you just wrap yourself in, like when you're sitting on the couch? What are those things called? Snuggie. What is it? Snuggie. A snug. You might get a snuggie. Just randomly showing up on your door. Didn't even order it. Glad you have it, but you didn't buy it, and it just shows up at your door. And all of a sudden, you start getting packages that you didn't expect, packages that you didn't ask for, packages that you weren't uh, anticipating or necessarily wanting. And when those packages deliver, they will go onto Amazon and they will say this, they will, they will impersonate you and say, well, we ordered a microwave and it showed up and it was great. I give them a five-star review. I would encourage you to buy all your microwaves from this particular vendor on Amazon. Well, at first, at face value, that seems like, well, hey, that's not a bad thing. But, but this is happening in such a way that some people are actually receiving so many things that they didn't ask for, didn't pay for, that one lady in Buffalo, New York, received hundreds of packages of items that she never ordered and didn't want. And at first, just like many of you right now are thinking, man, that sounds nice. I like that. At first, she did. And then she started getting more and more and more and more and more. And so much so that she said, well, I should probably let Amazon know about this. I don't need 15 Snuggies. I don't need 25 you know, mixing bowls. I don't need 35 squirt guns. And so she reached out to Amazon and she let them know. And they said, you know what? Well, it's cheaper for us just to let you keep that item than for us to send someone out to return it. So just go ahead and keep these items as they're coming and we'll make note of it. And so Amazon told her just to keep it. And so pretty soon she's getting bombarded with not just one or two deliveries, but now she's getting truckloads and pallet loads full, so full that her neighbors could not see her front door. She's literally getting bombarded with stuff, stuff she didn't ask for, stuff she didn't buy, not just one or two, but she's literally getting inundated with items, things, possessions, junk, belongings. And she finally had to become an expert on her rights as a receiver. Amazon said, listen, just keep the stuff. 
She said, I don't want the stuff anymore. And so she had to fight with him. And they were like, just no, just keep it. We don't want to come get it. You just keep it. And they kept sending her more and more and more. And so finally she had to stand up. She got so fed up. She had to learn what her rights were as a receiver and a recipient. And she learned that there is a refusal policy for Amazon, for USPS, and for FedEx. In other words, that there's a type of mail or there's a scenario in which the USPS, Amazon, or FedEx will return to the sender the mail that you receive if you simply do not want to receive it. In this case, both the address and the addressee on the mail are accurate, but the intended recipient has the choice to not receive it and to have it returned to the sender. And so this woman finally got fed up with all of the stuff, all of the junk, all of the things that were just showing up on her doorstep, on her house. She's getting inundated. At first, it was kind of cute. At first, it was kind of novel. At first, it wasn't a big deal. Then it kind of became more of a problem. And then it became more of an issue. And then it got so much so that it was, it was, it was hindering her life. And it was blocking her view. And it was, it was preventing her from getting in and from getting out of her house. And so she finally had to get to a place where she decided, I'm no longer willing to receive what you keep sending me. I'm refusing the package. I want to tell you here today that that is not just a right that you have as a homeowner as the Amazon truck comes barreling down the road, but I want to tell you it is a right that you have as a believer and as a Christian. I told our midweek Bible study group the other day, Jesus told us that he has given us power and authority over unclean spirits. You don't have to receive everything the world gives you. You don't have to receive everything Fox News and CNN gives you. You don't have to receive everything Twitter gives you. You don't have to receive everything TikTok gives you. You don't have to accept every idea out there, every philosophy out there, every ideology out there, every agenda out there. I want to tell you here today, in this last days, what we need more than ever or a group of Christians, spirit-filled believers that know they're right, that they don't have to accept everything, but they can refuse some packages. Amen. I want to tell you the enemy wants to, he doesn't want to just send you a few. He'll start with a few, but he wants to eventually inundate you, overwhelm you, and finally consume you with the ideas, the thoughts, the agendas, and the ideologies that may at face value seem helpful, may at face value seem compassionate, may at face value seem just or fair. But I want to tell you that once you get bitten by that snake, that false gospel, that false ideology, that there is not only an, a, a, an idea, but there is a spirit attached to that. The first place that I want you to be aware of that he's dropping his packages off on your doorstep is on the doorstep of your mind. I want to tell you the primary mailbox that the adversary wants to try and exploit is in your mind. Remember that old saying, you can't control what kind of birds may fly over your head, but you sure can control what takes nest in your hair. I want to tell you the same is true of your thought life. We talk a lot about spiritual warfare. And the reality is, is that the vast majority of spiritual warfare is in the mind. It takes place in our thoughts. It takes place in our ideas. It takes place in the dialogue that goes on in our head. And the battlefield for our soul is often fought in our mind. Social media, cable news, 
thoughts, opinions, conspiracies, Russia, Ukraine, Putin, Biden, COVID, CNN, Fox News, corruption, cover-ups, laptops, Pride Month, trans rights, elections, indictments, and the news cycle never ends. Sometimes we get so bombarded by conflicting and confusing opinions and ideas that we don't know whether we are coming or whether we're going, whether we're conservative or whether we're liberal, whether we're right or whether we're wrong, whether we're up or whether we're down. And the reality is it's because the enemy has effectively bombarded our mind with confusion and division and deception and discouragement. And as the enemy is proactive and propagating his scheme, to drop packages off on your thought life. My Bible teaches me two very important truths and therefore rights that we have as Christians, and that is you don't have to accept everything that shows up in your thoughts. Because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. And so you've got to take some discernment past whether something sounds helpful on the surface and decide whether or not that really aligns with the gospel. Does that really align with the Spirit of God? Does that really align with the mission of God and the purpose of God? God is not an author of confusion. I'll tell you what else he's not. He's not someone that's given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That means if you've got fear attached to it, if you've got condemnation attached to it, if you've got discouragement and discontentment attached to it, if you've got a, reset, a resentment and a regret attached to it, I want to tell you, that's not of the Holy Spirit. Because my God gives us joy and gives us peace and gives us power and gives us love. He may not let us feel condemned, but he might convict us a little bit. But I want to tell you, that's a big difference. But what I'm trying to tell you is you've got to look past just the ideas that may seem right to you on the surface and what's spirit is that attaching to my life. So while you may enjoy reading or watching about the news or the narratives in our world, we have to be honest about how those ideas really make us feel and affect us spiritually. Because in this last day, I want to just give you some good old-fashioned discernment. There's going to be some ideas and some agendas and some things that are going to come out that I want to tell you may seem, may seem amazing and interesting and entertaining and make sense and all those things. But I want to tell you, at the end of the day, you've got to discern what spirit is behind it. Does this align with the Word of God? Does this align with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Does this align with that, that teaching that was once delivered unto the apostles? Does this align with what I've been taught and what I've heard all my life? Does this align with God's spirit in my life? I want to tell you, when we went over to Israel, it was the longest trip I've ever taken we were there almost two weeks, and I didn't realize this. I should have called my company before we left to see if I could get international data, but I didn't realize that as soon as we left the United States, my phone service ended, and so I had no cell service. The only time I could get any sort of text messages or make phone calls is when I was hooked to a Wi-Fi, and so in one respect, it was like, you know, it was like just, you know, having withdrawal, but on the other hand, it was kind of nice. I couldn't check Twitter all the time. I couldn't check my email all the time. I couldn't check what text messages were going. I was kind of just, I was just kind of out there. And in the in the in the evenings, most of our days we were out just kind of all day, just doing our thing. And and there really wasn't a whole lot of time. But we would get back to a hotel, and I would plug into the Wi-Fi. And I want to tell you, after about ten days, I'm not kidding you. I'm ten days. We were. We were in a hotel, and I got on Twitter for like probably the first time in over a week, and I just began just reading through the timeline. 
And I was thinking, man, I was like looking for news. I was like looking for an update. And I just realized like most of this is just junk. This doesn't make me feel great. This doesn't make me feel good. This doesn't make me feel encouraged. This doesn't make me feel uplifted. This doesn't renew my mind. This doesn't give me joy. This doesn't give me hope. I feel depressed. I feel discouraged. I feel I've lost hope in mankind after just five minutes on Twitter. And I want to tell you, it's because there's a spirit that is attached to the thoughts and the ideas. It's interesting that when Jesus was crucified, that he was crucified at a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. It's no coincidence that Christ was crucified at the place of the skull because the reality is that most of our spiritual battles take place in the brain and in the mind. And God said, here's how I want to defeat the spiritual battles that take place on the field of the mind. I'm going to embed my cross right there in the middle of that Golgotha, of that mind, of that skull, because I want my cross to be at the forefront of my people's thoughts and their ideas and their philosophies and their ideologies. It was almost like God said, I'm staking my post. I'm, 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 I'm claiming my ground right in the middle of the battlefield that Satan has brought against my people. And I want to tell you here today, if you want to get victory over your thoughts, over your, over your ideas, over the things that are going through your mind, you've got to get the cross of Christ right there at this forefront and the center of your thinking. You need to read the Bible. You need to memorize the Bible. You need to know the Bible. You need to love the Bible. You need to speak the Bible. You need to pray the Bible. You need to let the Word of God dwell deeply in your thoughts and in your ideas. Paul said in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There's a battle taking place. It's taking place in your mind. And just because something comes your way doesn't mean you've got to receive it. But if you will allow the cross of Christ to be at the forefront of your thoughts and your ideas, I want to tell you there's victory in that. The second place quickly that we find that the enemy wants to send a little birdie to, to plant a nest in, is in the area of your convictions. Paul said, for we, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. He said, he said we're not against people. That's what he said, isn't it? He said, we don't, we don't war against flesh and blood. We're not against people. We don't hate people. We, we, we don't need to have a bad attitude against people. All right? He said, but what we do is we, we do come against ideas. And we, we, we do need to pull things down that are exalting themselves against God's word. And I want to tell you, those, those things that are exalting themselves against, they're in high places. Places like government. Places like the media and entertainment industries. Places like upstream and popular culture. And Paul says, although we don't hate people or be against people, we do have to take warfare against ideas and thoughts that try to oppose themselves against God's word, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we have to bring every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ and to be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, there's a lot there. What he's saying here is that you've got to be willing to, to push back against what's coming against us. I know that it's not popular to, 
to say this, but we're in a small group today, and this is family here. And I'm sure most of you, if you've been paying any attention at all, you realize that there's a battle taking place over the convictions and the values of our generation. If you've been reading headlines, you've been noticing things like the fact that the White House has released here within the past year just documents encouraging gender reassignment surgery, hormone therapy for minors, the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Population Affairs released a document titled Gender Affirming Care for Young People in which they advocate for and express intent to invest in the opportunity and equality for all children to pursue and obtain their desired gender orientation. That's a high place. It's our federal government. And they're making their intentions known that they're investing money in and that they're promoting an idea for minors, for children, school-age kids to permanently, to permanently change their gender, to scar themselves. Furthermore, in anticipation of this, a Pride Month, popular department store Target rolled out its annual Pride collection, a series of apparel, accessories, and Various other goods celebrating the LGBTQ community in a campaign entitled Reimagine Tomorrow, the company pledged to make up to 50% of their reoccurring and regular characters to represent uh, to, uh, 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 funds to represent previously unrepresented groups. And while Target has long carried pride-themed merchandise and adult clothing in sections, this year their marketing displays and focus was directed towards the children's section. Elementary age, mannequins wearing pride-themed clothing with slogans such as trans people will always exist and trans pride and trans power were front and center. Target even went as far as to offer children-sized swimsuits, female swimsuits with additional fabric for boys to be able to tuck their anatomy. Target is only one of dozens of other national brands targeting children during the month of May and the month of June. And I know it's not popular to talk about, but I want to tell you at some point, and I want to tell you at some point in your life, and some point as believers, you've got to be willing to draw the line. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of lines of demarcation, but one line as a culture that we sure as heck better be willing to draw the line at is when they come for children. And I want to tell you, if you don't realize it already, there is an agenda for the children. They're coming after the children. They're coming after the kids. They're coming after the ideologies and the and the and the, and the philosophies that will shape the culture and shape the ideas of the next generation. And so we have reached a point in our society in which an entire generation of young people are being openly just manipulated to not only accept but to advocate for lifestyles that are in direct contradiction to clear and undeniable teachings of Scripture while perverted social engineers and legislators are now pushing for and encouraging children who are not even old enough to drive a car, to vote, or to purchase an energy drink, are now being encouraged by our federal government and every corner of popular culture to engage in life-altering surgeries and treatments, which I will remind you, I will just say it, defy science, defy biology, defy common sense, and defy the word of God. And I hope you've got some convictions against what's taking place in our culture. I hope when I talk about this stuff and preach about this stuff, something rises up in you, not in defiance about what I'm saying or the fact that I'm even saying it, but something that just rises up inside of you about a culture that has lost its way, about a culture that is now targeting our children, and now a culture that is now predatory in its fashion and its marketing and its agendas. Leave your leave, leave your politics out of it. What I want to say is, we just need to we just need to push back against those ideologies and those thoughts that would try to come against God's word and God's will in our culture and in our life. 
It's spiritual darkness. And it's working to erode and destroy the convictions of godly people. But I've decided, and I know you've decided, I hope you've decided that, that we're going to just keep standing on biblical truth. And again, like Paul said, our wars are not against, are not against flesh and blood. We are not against people. We love people. We love people. That's why we're planting a church, because we want to reach people. We want to serve people. We want to help people. We're doing what we can with the resources we have to help people. But what I do want to tell you that in that process that we have got to take a stand against some ideas, some ideologies, and some philosophies that in the long run are not helpful and will not encourage and will not bless, but are against God's will and God's word. Amen? Amen. The third area is emotions. <clears throat> I want to tell you that although we might not see it with our natural eyes, at times we can sense it. That there is a battle taking place. That there is a spiritual, mental, and even emotional struggle over the course and the direction of our souls. And although Satan, the enemy of our soul, has won his fair share of battles... He may have occupied some territory, and although at times he may display some power, my Bible tells me that we have overcome them because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And what I've come to realize is sometimes when I'm just engaging in, the, in, the, in just the everyday struggles of life, that I've got to take inventory of how certain conversations, how certain relationships, how certain thoughts and ideas are affecting me emotionally and spiritually. And what I want to tell you today is there might be some things that might not be explicitly sin or outlined in Scripture, but I want to tell you, they, you know if you're being honest that it has a negative effect on you emotionally. It has a negative effect on you mentally. It has a negative effect on you spiritually. And the reality is, is you've got to look past just, just the surface value of whether it seems to be okay and seems to be warranted and seems to be all right and be honest about whether or not it is affecting you negatively because the enemy wants nothing more than to get something, uh, a package sent to your house and through your front door that on surface value seems like it's going to be a good thing, but then it starts attacking your spirit and your conviction and your encouragement and your joy I want to tell you, we don't have to receive everything that the enemy sends to us. And so stand with me today. We'll just call this our Sunday morning devotion today. Amen. The Bible tells us, church, that in the last days, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff coming at us in the world today, but I just believe that a group of spirit-filled believers at Connection Point Church down here in Trafalgar, Indiana, are going to have enough discernment in this last day to make up for their mind. No matter what the world buys or what the world sends me, no matter what popular culture or the thoughts and the ideas that may be prominent in our world today may do or say that at the end of the day, as for me and for my house, listen, as for me and my house, you do what you want to do. You believe what you want to believe. At the end of the day, you're an adult. I can't force you to do anything. You live whatever lifestyle you want to at the end of the day. I don't hate you. I don't agree with you, but I don't hate you. One of the biggest lies that this, listen to me right now, one of the biggest lies that Satan tries to pass off and get you to open your door and accept 
is that you have to hate someone you disagree with. Is that because you disagree with them that you hate them. That's a lie. You can love them and you can respect them, but you can disagree. And at the end of the day, we've got to be comfortable just saying, you know what, as for me and my house, I'm just going to serve the Lord. I love you. I just, I just can't go with you there. I'm just going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep living for God. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep raising my family in church. I'm, you do what you want to do. You live how you want to live. I, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to be mad at you. I don't hate you. But as for me and my house, we're going we're gonna to just love the Lord. We're going to serve God. We're, we're going to come to prayer on Tuesday nights. We're, we'll be at church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And I know it's not popular. And Hey, I, I, know, I, know, I know it might not be you know, trendy, but hey, you know what? I've just decided I've made up my mind. As for me and my house, come on, I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, has anyone ever made up your mind today? Bible tells us <clears throat> there was a church and uh, in the book of Revelation it was a church of Thyatira and Jesus sends a message to this church to tell them listen just like Paul told us he says I, I would be afraid that some of you would accept some things that shouldn't be accepted and tolerate some things that it shouldn't be tolerated. He says, these things, says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like brass. He said, I know your works. I know your love. I know how you serve. I see your service, and I know your faith. I've seen your patience. And as for your works, that the last are more than the first. You, you, in some ways, you're, you're growing. I see all that. But he said, nevertheless, have a few things against you because you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to accept and to eat things that are sacrificed to idols in other words he says listen I see your works I see your faith I see your love I see your service I see in some ways you're growing and you're exceeding and you're progressing but I've got something against you you've let a bird rest in the nest of your mind and I want to tell you here today you've got to you've got to quit tolerating everything you've got to quit accepting everything. You don't need to be mean and nasty and old-fashioned and ugly in your spirit to not have an agreement. But there are some things I want to just tell you in these last days, you've got to filter out that the world is trying to filter in and just make up your mind. At the end of the day, I'm content just being a Holy Ghost-filled faithful member of God's church. this place, can we just lift our hands?